0: You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Bucks. We had so much content from Media Day in Milwaukee that Eric Naaman and I had to break it up into two pieces. So uh, we hope you enjoyed yesterday's coverage from Media Day, and we've got a fair bit more about another half hour of. Discussion about what we learned, what maybe we didn't learn, and lots of actual sound bites. We were upping our editing game uh, today, and uh, Eric, I'm um, I'm very excited. I think uh, you got a lot of good stuff uh, at Media Day.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and uh, let's get into it.
0: You had, I thought, a kind of an interesting uh, little comment when you talk to mcw about playing with some of his other backcourt mates right i mean we've talked a lot about mcw and matthew Delvadova competing for minutes as the nominal point guard sharing the backcourt with point Giannis. but um certainly with the chris middleton injury the idea of playing those two guys together probably makes more sense than it did maybe a week ago right
1: yeah it really does i on we had delhi and then we had mcw later on and uh matt Matthew Matt I don't I, I feel strange calling him anything but Delhi um but Deli kind of talked about the fact that hey Michael and I have been playing together and on the same team not against each other uh playing together on the same team a lot during pickup runs and it's been working out pretty well and when when you think about our games they they mesh well together with Michael as he's driving and slashing and I'm more of a spot up guy and Michael's got a little bit more length, so he can he can handle some twos a little bit more than maybe I can at the one, and um, it was interesting to hear him say that, and then when we talked with MCW, we kind of asked him about the same thing, and he he responded pretty similarly that he he thinks it does work. And when you think about their skills, they, they mesh well together. And I guess before today, it was, it was something I've mentioned on podcasts that I could see those two playing together quite a bit, but I wasn't necessarily sure it was real. Um, and I guess I, I wonder how good that chemistry is and how good it would need to be for them to see any amount of, significant minutes early in the season and i can't imagine it's much just because the bucks have so little depth at shooting guard that if you have a combination of one and two that works i would think you would use it
0: yeah it'll be interesting to see i mean the irony is um if you were going to pick well unfortunately from a pure minute allocation standpoint you know as you as you've said when you take out a guy like middleton who played 2800 minutes 35 minutes a game Effectively, it trickles down to everybody to some degree, right? I mean, maybe Greg Monroe, Miles Plumley, and John Henson don 't see more minutes because of this, but pretty much everybody else um, there's sort of that trickle down effect, uh, even if it 's not a straight drop for Chris Middleton at shooting guard or a little some of the minutes at small forward um, but i 'd say certainly Delhi you know as we were discussing the other night, Delhi becomes an automatic starter uh, there 's no question yeah. that you need his shooting in the starting five, and then I think Michael Carter Williams. Um, you know, as as just you kind of look in that backcourt and you say, Okay, who has proven that they can be, you know, major minute NBA players and play, you know, at like average or better level? Now you can argue whether Michael Carter Williams has been solidly above average at any point in his career. I think he's definitely been average at, at certain points in his career. Yeah. Um I also think he's probably better suited coming off the bench for the reasons we've mentioned. Um but certainly if I think he's a guy who, you know, if his minute expectations was maybe twenty to twenty five, um, I think realistically we probably figured he was gonna play more just because he's M W. Um, but I think it became a lock that he was gonna play twenty eight. 30 minutes a game who knows right just because there's there's going to be such a void and um even if he can't shoot particularly well from the outside uh his size and athleticism if you can get him playing in that defensive system the right way uh he obviously can bring a lot and bring a lot of capability maybe against not necessarily the lebron type wings um but maybe more shooting guard type guys defensively so that'll be interesting to see um speaking of those big guys um I guess we didn't really learn anything. We didn't get any salacious details about the relationship between Greg Monroe, Miles Plumley, and John Henson, right? I, I saw the most controversial thing I saw all day was John Henson had signed a Manchester United jersey, um, famously because he's a Chelsea fan. Those those of us who are uh, hardcore, soccer I thought it fans, was I Antlux thought it was a fans. Liverpool jersey. Oh, you're right. No, it was Liverpool. That's right. And I'm guessing. Uh, Nick Monroe from the Bucks had something to do with that because I know Nick is a big Liverpool fan. Actually, a lot of people I know are big Liverpool fans. Um, but there's there's definitely a bit of variance. I think Dan Smichek is like a Spurs guy. I want to say, but they, there's a bunch of like it seems like everybody that I've talked to at the Bucks has has like a different Premier League soccer team. Um, but yes, you are right. I'm I'm imagining now, but it was a red team. And John uh, John Hanson is a fan of the Chelsea, uh, the Chelsea Blues. Um. So that was interesting to see. Um, But nothing really from those guys. Uh, Pretty boring. I didn't even know John Henson was there until I saw a picture of him.
1: Yeah, those three pretty much said what you'd expect them to say about playing together and uh, playing two bigs at the same time is something that Jason Kidd doesn't really like to do. Um, He's said as much in the past and... Then he he kind of went and played Henson and Plumlee together, I don't even know how many, couple hundred minutes uh, there at the end of the season those two played together. So the Bucks don't like to do it. Um, I can't imagine kids going to really try to force that into action, but they don't really have a ton of options, and they only have so many guys that have been capable NBA players. And while they're playing, paying all three of those guys $10 million or more each see or this season um so yeah it kind of might have to happen but all of them said pretty much what did you expect them to say yeah i can play the four i can play the five i can play with john i can play with moose i can play with miles i can it'll all work it'll we're, we're fine i can play with another big and everything's great so um yeah not much there
0: everything is awesome uh Everything I is like cool was, when you're part of the team. It's true. The, one of our friends, Steve Von Horn's favorite songs and theme songs for certainly Media Day. Um, <laughs> let's move on to player talking points. Um, I, have, I, I included a new uh, slot on the Media Day bingo card this year. And that was the National Anthem. Or I said Nation Anthem. Oh, that was a miss. <laughs> National Good job, anthem. Frank. Uh, yeah, that got like retweeted like 200 times a day too. So a bunch of people were like, "What, <laughs> what? This is a nation anthem? What kind of foreigner guy wrote this?" I was born in Germany, so I guess that answered Um So Jabari Parker, as people who've been following the Bucks this summer may know, uh, you know Jabari's been outspoken about gun violence and issues that have happened in Chicago. Uh, what's happened in Milwaukee? Um, I think he's come from a very positive angle or even before the Colin Kaepernick, you know, national anthem controversy started. Uh, and then he tweeted out a picture of himself wearing a Kaepernick jersey sort of in support of um, Kaepernick kind of, you know, and what he was what he was standing for in terms of, um, you know, again, uh, violence uh, against the black community and and obviously a lot of kind of bigger issues that go way beyond um standing or, or kneeling for for the national anthem. Um but that kind of had a, led into a big question. I know we talked about it and and it was a topic that I'm sure you know we wanted to hear just some some thoughts on just where people were thinking. Um and I guess it started really with with Wes Edens, right? In terms of um how the league is is viewing the national anthem and then it kind of continued but sort of didn't get asked in a very good way once Jabari got up there.
1: Yeah, with, with I had pose the question to the trio of Eden's kid and Hammond kind of about what was going on with them in the league what was going on with them internally um, kind of how all that was going and I thought we we learned something interesting
2: about Wes Eden's I'm on the uh, the group of owners that uh, is dealing with the Players Association on the the collective bargaining arrangement so a bunch of us were together last week in New York and we talked to the league about it as well and yeah, and the uh, the league asked for our opinions about it. And i tell you my own personal opinion is, um, you know, during the ESPYs when you had four of the best players in the NBA stand up and talk about the issue, um, I couldn't have been more proud to be associated with the league. It was a real shiny moment as far as I was concerned. And uh, what I said when I was asked the question, I think, is that it's not a marketing issue. It's an issue. And there's there's a question of how you address that and how what the best way is to uh uh, to to make that be a, a position of awareness, and there's lots of different op- opinions about that. But the issue is a real issue. It's something that can be addressed with the team. It can be addressed in the communities, and that's what I'm really focused on is what is the, the, the challenge of, of dealing with it, but the opportunity is then to do something meaningful to respond to it, and that's kind of how I think about it personally.
1: So, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting to hear that he said that he's actually a part of the group of owners that's dealing with the the players association and trying to figure out a collective bargaining arrangement. And it, it was interesting to hear one that he was so involved because you never really know with owners because they have to have meetings like this regularly and they have to have committees and they have to be a part of the ownership group but you never really hear about how any of that works. Um, so it, it was interesting to hear that Eden's is taking on a role uh, there. And then with Jabari, I get the I guess the most interesting thing was uh, no one really asked directly, are you planning on protesting during the anthem? Uh, have you talked about it with teammates, anything like that? But uh, one interesting thing that I think he did, he did say, and you kind of mentioned it, was uh, about the Colin Kaepernick jersey in that Instagram post he had.
3: Just to start off with the Kaepernick jersey, I wasn't trying to emphasize that I might take a knee during, this, during the pregame. Um, really what I was just trying to point out was that I support a guy who stands up for what's right. A guy whose consciousness and his mentality is to create a better playing field for colored people. And I can't change the way my skin is. And I have to live with that. So I just want to support what he supports and his message is something that I was heartfelt with police brutality and even with systematic racism. So I wasn't saying that, you know, standing up or sitting down or whatever you do during the national anthem is is uh, acceptable, but I'm more of important of the message that he brought and that's what people should focus on too, is that the message that he stands for.
1: So yeah, uh, essentially Jabari says, well, just because I, I put that Kaepernick jersey on doesn't mean I've already planned my my protest it doesn't mean I'm going to kneel during the anthem it doesn't mean I'm going to stand during the anthem it just means that I was supporting uh, another black man that said what he had on his mind and he he was representing the things that he believed in and I was kind of just supporting him for doing that and I I think if you've heard any of the things that Jabari has said throughout the summer that's that's kind of along the same lines that people need to speak up and people need to uh, say what they believe and people need to try to make the community better and I think we heard a lot of that again today and it, it's I th- I personally think it's it's nice that Jabari and many of the NBA players are willing to take stands like that and uh, again that was something that Ian's mentioned that the guys during the ESPYs three are for the NBA's best players were the guys that were standing out and um, that's been something that I think I think that's part of what makes this entire conversation so interesting with the NBA is that these guys have been so far out in the forefront of talking about these issues that there's going to be, I don't necessarily know a problem. I think the NBA will get it figured out, but there's going to be a lot of guys that want to make a protest and make a stand and make a statement uh, during these games and once the season gets started.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think I give the NBA a lot of credit. And granted, I mean, you can say they have it easier because they, you know, kind of know the issue might be coming their way. Um, but I guess it, it seemed kind of fitting, given what we know about the NFL and and who runs the NFL, that they would kind of be caught with their pants down. I mean, ironically, people didn't even notice Cal- Colin Kaepernick doing this for his first couple games of preseason. And then it kind of came this big bombshell. Um, and it just seemed like the narrative was, you know, talking heads against Colin Kaepernick and then Colin Kaepernick and, you know, kind of. kind of spiraled out of control which to be honest I think for that issue regardless of where you come out on you know the topic and the specifics of it and how Colin Kaepernick did it whatever it was this has gotten way more press and become way more of a talking point than it ever would have been if Colin Kaepernick had done something different, yeah. right? And and so the controversy has been effective um, in terms of getting this issue out there. And, you know, it's not to say that anything's been figured out or whatever, and certainly we're not going to figure that out on this podcast or, um, you know, on a Bucks website, but I, I think it is an interesting debate and encouraging that the league, uh, in the NBA's case, is trying to get ahead of that and be collaborative with the players um, because I think, you know, the tone set by what we saw at the SPs, I think, Put the and put the NBA I think out in front of a lot of other leagues by putting those superstars out in front and you know doing it in a way that was diplomatic and positive and um, I think sets them up to hopefully do something that that makes sense and um, you know people can respect I think that's the main thing right It's just let's just do something where everybody feels like you know they're being respected and and the views get heard and so um who knows what what players will do um i'm sure there'll be a lot of talk of that amongst players and coaches and and ownership and all that but i'm i think it you know and and selfishly through the, for the sanity of of people writing about these teams it's also good to see um but uh but will be interesting and um i'm sure i'm sure at a minimum um you know it's common for for bucks players to have the chance to address the crowd before games um i i would imagine we may see something to that effect uh, if not at the opener um, at some point early in the season, where maybe it is Jabari Parker um, giving his view on on kind of what's happening, especially with Milwaukee being being part of that, um, you know, being part of those issues uh, in the the recent past and this summer. So we'll be interested to see. Um, moving on, um, you know, one thing we could have marked off our board is if there had been any juicy, you know. Greg Monroe, Michael Carter Williams deflecting trade talk and things like that. But I guess we didn't really hear anything about that, right? That that part was quiet. We just got the <laughs> Greg Monroe surprised at his role. Yeah, question, I would right?
1: say for the most part, I thought those two things were more interesting with MCW and Monroe. Like the trade rumors aren't really, there's not any new ones <laughs> Um they it's. The Bucks have been trying to trade both of them for most of the summer, um, and I think that's a very poorly kept secret. Hence, why they are still members of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, so, I, I thought the the playing time, uh, the rotation, the playing with other players of similar positions. I thought all that stuff was a lot more interesting today, and that was that was more the focus with both Monroe and MCW.
0: It it was uh. I thought it was interesting, um, you know, thinking about those guys uh, and their roles moving forward. And, you know, as we kind of mentioned before, it does seem like MCW has been brought into the fold and is playing ball in a way that that Greg maybe (laughs) isn't at this point. Um, And I guess part of that is, you know, when you're you're getting paid 17 million dollars, it's a little bit easier to sort of you know not play ball versus when you're getting paid three million and uh you haven't had that life-changing contract yet so um so that will certainly be an interesting thing to watch and let's be honest literally every day this summer you could have written a story about how greg monroe was on the trade block and it just kind of amuses me when you know every few weeks somebody writes that oh the bucks tried to trade greg monroe this summer did you know that and then it becomes like a you know, hoop type sort of thing and, you know, goes into the, uh, internet echo chamber. It's like literally the, the this, this is like the most obvious thing in the yeah, world. We get we all it. Know. Greg Monroe is available. Yeah. Nothing's changing. Um, and then maybe lastly, uh, and of course, if you have other ones, feel free to raise them since you were, again, you're the star of the day. You're our special guest today, Eric. Uh, I thought some of the interplay between Jet and Giannis, uh, was kind of funny. <laughs> um, And uh, I guess you kind of you kind of indirectly started a little bit because uh, you kind of prodded Jason Terry into not by suggesting it yourself, but you basically prodded Jason Terry into comparing Giannis to Scottie Pippen. Did you not?
1: Wow. I didn't think I was going to get questioned here. That's I didn't think that's how special guests got treated. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, it's funny over the years, I guess it's. I don't love it, but obviously I see them all the time. And a lot of times when we're talking about Giannis, we'll we'll go to basketball reference and we'll put in five different stats, uh, this many points, this many rebounds, this many assists uh, at a block and a steal, and how many guys have ever done that in a season. And maybe you'll throw in a shooting percentage or something like that. And one of the guys that always kind of ends up on the list is Sharif Abdurrahim and uh, Sharif Abdul Rahim had some great years in Vancouver and then ended up getting traded to Atlanta and who else was in Atlanta around that time it was Jason Terry at the start of his career and i brought up Sharif Abdul Rahim to Jason Terry and uh he didn't like it
0: <laughs> that's a weird that is a weird cop i have to say I- and here's a random fact. In, in NBA Live 95 or 96, that, 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 this is totally dating me, by the way. I don't, I don't play basketball video games anymore. But back in, I think I was in late, what was I? Maybe I was in middle school. I was in middle school at the time. Um, I had a team. My friend Dave and I, we played. We played ironically with the Spurs because we were both David Robinson fans. And we put guys who were in college on our team, including Allen Iverson, Ray Allen, and friggin' nice. Sharif Abdurrahim very randomly uh he did not play point guard for us eric <laughs> i'll point that out
1: uh yeah so really my thought was how can i get jason terry to make a comp and i grabbed Shrief abdurrahim because that's a <laughs> that's a statistical reference that i can kind of somehow get there uh and yeah jason terry didn't like it so so we'll hear his response here one guy i thought of was Shrief Abdurrahim, who you played with earlier in no your, way no way shreve don't pass <laughs> he,
3: sharif been retired for seven years, and if I was open in the corner, he still wouldn't pass me the ball. So Giannis is a giver, man. He's so selfless. He sees the floor. He can play multiple positions. Uh, you can post him at the free throw line, the logo. Uh, you can give it to him off the outlet. He's a one-man fast break. To- two totally different players. only guy that has some semblance of, of, of Giannis is, is, is Scottie Pippen. I mean, the way he defended, the way he can facilitate and and play the point guard at that size uh, is very similar. Um, Another one would be LeBron. LeBron's just a little more physically uh, built than him, but Giannis is getting there. I know you've seen the muscles. He's been working, so uh, he'll he'll get there, though.
1: Obviously, those two aren't all that similar players, and Jason Terry kind of uh, talked about why, but he did end up getting into a a comp that he thought actually works for uh for Giannis, and mentioned scotty pippen and uh that kind of led to all of us thinking scotty pippen okay
3: jason one more about Giannis and uh, pippen comparison i mean well you think that is fair and can Giannis be that
2: type of offensive player?
3: Oh yeah, no, no question. I've watched him already, and I've seen how he's grown and developed the uh, mid-range jump shot. Uh, the next, the next development or phase to his game will be to step out and shoot threes, which he can do. He just doesn't. And a lot of a lot of kids that you know in this league is you're like, man, he can't shoot. No, it's not that he can't shoot. He just doesn't. And uh, if he takes more threes, then he's going to make more. And so. Uh, you'll see that in Giannis. I mean, he's going to get more and more comfortable and confident behind the arc. Uh, the mid-range, he's already gotten better uh, to this point. In the defense, he could be oh. a defensive stalwart. Like He'll Pippen. be first-team all-defense this year, and that's not putting too much pressure on him. Uh, if anybody's seen him play, he can guard positions one through five.
1: Um, <laughs> Boom. So, again, this is the time to hand out awards, uh, but he handed out that one, and – yeah, he. It, it, I don't know. It was interesting. I know this. I'm thankful that Jason Terry is on this Bucks roster because, oh, he is a great quote. He is he is a fantastic guy to have around, uh, and he loves to talk. And, it, and he was very clear about that uh, all all day today. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. And yeah, I think having those two kind of playing off each other. Uh, Terry likes to talk a lot of trash. He's quite braggadocious. Um, Giannis is precocious and at times a bit braggadocious so having those two around each other could be could be a recipe for a lot of fun this season
0: uh fun fact I was in Dallas two weeks ago and I went to a place called the original pancake house and they had a Jason Terry jersey hanging and like a picture of Jason Terry and Dirk Nowitzki and like some championship thing so then I was like this place seems to have a really hardcore Jason Terry vibe, and then I saw like online there's some picture of him there. So I'm I'm really I feel like I'm really digging into Jason Terry's background and doing a lot of research <laughs> on Jason Terry. Um, and uh, I had some pretty good some pretty good brunch at uh, the original Pancake House in Dallas. Um, I'll have to go back and and check out some more some more Jason Terry haunts. Uh, Jason Terry also has his own serious XM show weekly, uh, and I think that was where he said something about um people may have seen that he said you know there's no comparison between james harden and clay thompson and you know people got bent out of shape speaking of james
1: harden uh i i brought up the fact that uh jason terry will be able to kind of play a similar role getting to get some catch and shoot threes in the corner and was accused by jason terry of uh suggesting james hardens a ball (laughs) (laughs) getting the chance to play with some of these young guys and your guy throughout the day, people have said, Well, Jets can be in the corner for a three. Yeah. Are you excited to have that role again? You have guys that can create for you and you get to kind of have that role?
3: No question. Are you saying that I I, I was not getting the ball in Houston because James was a ball hawk? Is that what you I'm not. I'm I not. I am not It seems like that's what you're hitting at. No. Uh, for me, I already know in Jason Kidd's system, uh, shooting is very valuable. Um, obviously, with playmakers, uh facilitator like Giannis, he makes every single pass, and he makes everyone around him better. So if you just run the floor and get to your spot, you're going to have opportunities to shoot the basketball. And so I'm ready, I'm prepared, uh, and very excited uh, about this season.
1: Uh, so yeah, you, you can you can hear it there. Uh, but yeah, it, it was fun. like I said, Jason Terry is a ton of fun, and at no po- at no point in our back and forth did I feel like it was heated. Uh, it did feel very much like. Two guys just kind of having some fun back and forth with each other. So, I look forward to that the rest of the season.
0: Excellent. Well, uh, Jet will definitely be, I think, a source of entertainment. Hopefully, he'll be a source of three pointers on the court, and cool. uh, you know, give us some some good uh, some good quotes maybe off the court. Um, any other final thoughts on today's media day? Or um, I guess, uh, geez, we have. I mean, they're, basketball. They're going to be like playing. Organized official training camp basketball this week. Crazy, right? So I hear.
1: Um, I gotta say the disappointment of the day was I would need to re-listen to all all of Jason Kidd's uh, session again, but I don't believe I got a. He's just a basketball oh, player out of him, wow. and I I gotta say that might be the disappointment. I'm not disappointed in Jason Kidd. Disappointed in myself that I didn't get one out of him because. I should have asked a question that could have got it. I don't think I got one, and I'm quite. You sad should
0: have about. asked to see, like, if you could get, like, ask him, "Do you know who Danny Shays is?" And then just see if he'd say, "I think he's a basketball player." <laughs> True fact. My <laughs> that, my, that... my former neighbor in the early '90s in Milwaukee, in uh, Maquan, Wisconsin, Dan Shays, uh, not a, not an all time great Milwaukee Buck, but uh, was technically a basketball player.
1: I think I think the closest I got was I asked something that suggested positions Um, when I asked about oh is it a problem for Delhi and MCW to share the floor is it a problem for any of the bigs to share the floor and he's like well we don't really have positions here so it's close to he's just a basketball player but (laughs) it's not quite I'm not going to give it to myself I'd feel like that that comes
0: from basically like the same kind of BS ethos thing like It's like, I get the idea of trying to be positionless, but... Nobody's actually positionless, so I mean, let's. Okay, fine, fine. Jason, kid, you win the day. Uh, Jason, <laughs> he did win the day. He had the most interesting thing. I think that got us started off today, talking about who's going to start, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll I see agree. if by the next by the time we record our next podcast, which will be uh, tomorrow or something, we'll see if Rashad Vaughn is still a starter or whether he's lost that job already. But uh, in any case, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, watch for hoop.com for all your latest. And we'll obviously keep the podcast coming, uh, overanalyzing every thing, uh, we see coming out of camp this week. Hopefully, uh, no things that are injuries, but in any case, thanks so much. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Of course, give us those reviews, write a review. um, Eric, let's next time let's uh, let's read some some give some shout outs to folks who've been nice enough us to give us a let's review. We'll remember to do that, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Basketball is here. Enjoy.